Hello, welcome back to Execute. And as I'm recording this, we are mid-August. So we're going to be dealing with a couple of really good questions that specifically relate to this time of year and also just the weirdness that's going on in the economy right now and how consumers are feeling, how your clients might be feeling and what that is doing to how you're feeling. So just before we jump into to this, just a reminder, submit your questions when you get the email to do so. You don't always have to have a specific question. You might just have a topic that you want me to talk to. That's absolutely fine. Either way, I will do my best to answer your questions, coach you up, make sure that you can keep moving and execute on all of the things that you want to be doing in your business. Cool. So today we're going to be talking about what to do when business feels really tough. You have no leads, you're starting to spin out, you're going down a worry spiral, specific things that you can be doing around this. And we're also going to be talking about how to navigate summer holidays, childcare obligations, and just the very different feeling and level of motivation that there is in this transition season. So let's jump in. The, the first area that I'm going to talk to combines two questions on the same theme. So I'm going to read out the questions and then I'm going to combine the answer to them. So the first one was, I'm feeling worried at the moment. I have nothing in the pipeline. I'm feeling stuck. What's the best way to become unstuck? And the second question was, when business is tough, how do you keep going when you have no leads and no idea when your next work is coming in? What three things would you say or recommend? So there are two things going on here. There's the practical reality of having nothing in the pipeline. And then there's the mental and emotional resilience that's required to stay committed and to keep moving. So I'm going to talk to both parts, the combination of the strategy and the mindset, which as you guys know, I am all about. It is so important that we're constantly weaving these two things together in business. The first thing I want to say is that in both of these questions, I really admire the proactive stance. So the first question, how can I get unstuck? The second question, what are the three things that I can do? What would you recommend? So both of these questions, whilst there is this element of, oh, feeling wobbly, feeling stressed, feeling panicky about this, you're getting solutions focused. And this attitude alone is really going to serve you. So applause for that. The first thing I want to remind you of, as small business owners, in the early growth stage of our business, lead generation is the number one activity we should be prioritizing every single day. Every single day. Yes, you have to deliver for your clients. But if you allow yourself to get so sucked into that, that marketing goes onto the back burner and stays there, and suddenly it's been three weeks since you've posted on Instagram, sent an email to your list, gone to a networking event, whatever it is, then you are setting yourself up for a feast to famine way of existence. And it's really hard to get up and not feel that worry and dread every morning, where's the next lead coming from? 
if you're not actively, actually doing the work to generate those leads. Okay, that's not what I'm saying is happening here, but as a general reminder, because we're all in the early stage of business growth. And I know that you guys have all been through Aligned for Growth, but I want to go back and pull out some key things from the work that we did specifically around marketing. So what I'm going to talk to here, this is the strategy part of the answer. So firstly, we don't just want to be visible. We want to be really strategically thinking about our sales funnel. We want to attract potential clients and get them to take the action that A, demonstrates an interest in our services, and B, gets them onto our email list so that we can then continue to nurture them. Very, very few people who discover you are going to have the perfect project right in that moment. This strategy is about keeping you top of mind so that when they do, you are the person they think of. Okay, if if you've really invested in search engine optimization, for example, it may be that if someone's Googling interior designer in Kent, because they've got a project, you might pop up and they're going to call you and say, I'm exchanging on my property. I need a designer now. Can you go? That is an example of someone who's ready. But there's loads of other people who will be in the very early stages of looking for a property, who have an idea, might be thinking about putting in an offer and know it needs some work and are asking their friends, oh, hey, do you have an interior designer? Can you recommend anyone? But they're nowhere near ready to actually make that hire. So this strategy is about keeping you top of mind so that when someone is ready to go, you are the person they think of. From the time they give you their email address, you're building a relationship with them, letting them see your work, learn your values, understand how you approach projects, let them know why you are the designer for them. And I really want you to not underestimate the ripple effect of consistency. Someone knows someone, knows someone, knows someone. And the compounding effect of showing up and demonstrating your expertise again and again and again means that when that someone does need a designer, all of that work you've done is having that ripple effect and your name is out there, your business is out there in the world. Okay, so we really want to stay consistent even when we can't see immediately if it's working or not. So I'll give you an example. I think you guys know I invested in a Pinterest person in the autumn of 22. And I hired them for four months and said, create a load of content on Pinterest and let's just see what happens. It didn't get a lot of traction at all to the point that I looked at the strategy and thought, look, I'm not really active in writing a blog. I don't have a public podcast. Pinterest works really well for both of these things. So let's actually, instead of continuing to spend a lot of money there, shift that money into Instagram where it absolutely is working on ads and my sales funnel on Instagram and just park that for now. All of a sudden, summer 23, I suddenly get a number of inquiries coming through from people who have ticked the box. I found you on Pinterest. 
uh, okay, this is interesting. Content that was created 10 months ago is now performing for me. So I just really want you to understand the compounding effect and the long lasting effect of content that continues to deliver for you long after you press publish. So this isn't your Instagram grid. You know, people aren't going to scroll back down through 10 months worth of posts, but reels, pins, blog posts, all of that stuff will continue to perform. So we want to keep investing in that stuff. And the other thing, this was interesting, this came up on my call with my current Aligned for Growth clients this week, was just the advantage of good old-fashioned networking and the ability to create really good, deep relationships and to continue to nurture those relationships. So architects, contractors, developers, estate agents, becoming part of a local networking function or um, event space where you're going and you're showing up. And one of the, the clients inside the group right now was just sharing that, you know, there are lots of times I don't feel like going and I worry that I'm going to be in the person in the room who has the least to say. I know you guys know you've all experienced this. I'm sure a lot of us say Ugh, networking, but just by showing up again and again and having that conversation and that attitude of, well, if I don't go, someone else is going to go. There'll be another interior designer there. There'll be somebody else who takes the opportunity that I could have had if I had just shown up. So do not underestimate networking, face-to-face -face communication, and really building on the relationships that you've got and that you potentially can develop. I just want to also remind you of the marketing ground rules. We talked about this a little on the last episode. So you cannot create a market out of people who you believe need what you offer, but they just don't value it, can't afford it, don't see it as important. So you really, really need to look and consider if your chosen market, if your ideal client exists, where you are and are prepared to pay a premium for it. So a good example of this is just looking at the area in which you operate. Are there enough clients locally who have the budget and the willingness to pay for your services? Or might you need to expand to clients who are outside of your immediate area? If you've primarily dealt in commercial, could you expand to resi? It can go the other way as well. So just looking for opportunities that may be outside of where our focus has been, recognizing that there may not be enough opportunity in the market that we have previously identified, may even have been successful in, but things have shifted and we now need to relook at that market and think, is this still working for us? The second thing is really find out what it is that separates you from the competition and communicate it clearly. This is about the way you do business, the way you approach your projects, the way you look after your clients, your values, your integrity, your personality. So many people I work with are so scared of showing their personality 
and what that might mean and holding back from saying the things that they see, saying the things they want to say. But these are the things that will really connect with the right people. So don't hold back on that stuff. And the third thing is really just recognizing the seasonality of your business. So we're all in the fairly early stages of business. And what I mean by that is none of us have been going for 20, 30 years. We're kind of learning the patterns and we're seeing when are the busier times? When do we have inquiries jumping into our inbox? When do things cool off? You are absolutely not alone in communicating to me that summer is a quieter time. And if you think about it, you've probably been on holiday. Your clients have probably been on holiday. People are doing childcare. They just don't have their mind on a project right now, unless you're me and you're in the middle of a project (laughs) right now. But nobody wants to give themselves more work in the summer holidays if they don't have to. So just see what the patterns are but also what do you notice about how you feel in this time? There's a lot of chance that your clients, your people are feeling the same way. They just want to kick back and spend time with their kids and go off to wherever they want to travel to. So there is certainly an element of the summer just being a different time. Also, what I would say is summer holidays are, if you're in resi, is very much a time where People move because they are moving out of a city, into a city, whatever it is they're doing. They try and time it with kids' summer holidays. So a lot of completions will happen in July and August because that's when people will move when their kids aren't actually in the middle of term time. So they make their move. They get the boxes in, they take a deep breath and they go on holiday and they just don't think about it. And then they come back and they regroup and they think, okay, now I need to sort out this house. So again, just thinking about the timings of the market can really help to just shift your thinking around the seasonality of the business and the opportunities that there can be. I have said it before, I'm going to keep saying it. Focus on your people, the people who you want to serve and get to know them. And I mean, really, really know them better than they know themselves. Think of your past or current clients. Look beyond the initial reason they hired you and get to the real reason they wanted you. That's usually going to be fear or desire or a combination of both. Really know what activates your people to work with you. There could be, there's the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of making a mistake, the fear of it not looking as good as they want it to be, the fear of making expensive mistakes. Then there's the desire, the desire to have that beautiful home, to have a a workspace or a commercial space that really for them, their business is their baby. They want this space to reflect their brand that desire is what's going to motivate them to look for a designer and to work with you. So you really need to understand what it is that activates your people to work with you, how you lead people from thinking about you to becoming a client, knowing the journey that your clients go on practically and emotionally. 
before they choose to work with you. So understanding what they need to feel safe in choosing to work with you and understanding the objections or concerns they'll have and addressing these head on in your marketing. We don't want to shy away from the fact that people are going to be worried. Will I get a result? Will will it work out? Will this designer actually get me and deliver something? Can I bring myself to go through the pain of a renovation? How badly do I actually want this? Your clients are thinking, should we do this now or should we wait until things feel less uncertain? Should we spend the money or should we save the money or could we invest it better elsewhere? Will the end result feel like me? Will it work? So we really want to be cognizant of all of these thoughts that our clients are having and be so unafraid in addressing them. I see so many designers creating bland content that basically says nothing. And I, what I think this comes from is a fear of being too much, of showing your personality too much, of somehow getting it wrong, of, of going beyond where you've seen another designer, you've seen it done before. What would it be like to do that? But every time you feel yourself holding back, every time you feel yourself parroting something that you may have seen someone else say, so you know that it's safe, or writing bland copy that doesn't really say anything, but it kind of feels generic and markety, catch yourself. Because every piece of content you produce, every conversation you have, you want to demonstrate your lived experience your lived experience and your expertise. And you need to be so clear on what differentiates you from others out there. So we don't want to be talking about our values and saying, our core value is trust, you know, boring, bland. So how show your, your clients, how are you embodying the things that you say you do differently? How are your values coming through in the way you talk about how you approach a project, how you solve problems, how you bring it all together. Don't just tell people that they can trust you or that you're a great problem solver. Show them, give examples, tell stories. People love storytelling. Let people see and feel your expertise and experience. And this comes with practice, but if every single day I guarantee you are going to have an example of something that has happened in your business, a conversation with a client, something happened on site, an issue with a supplier. You're going to have something to tell a story about that you bring back to why you are the person for your client, why the way you've handled this situation or the lens through which you've looked at this means that you are the person for them. So... That is the, the strategic part, the leaning in to your marketing, really, really focusing every single day on lead generation and all of the potential opportunities and avenues for doing that. Here's the mindset part. The situation that you are in now is an opportunity to really sit with your true and authentic self 
and tune into what the universe is nudging you to do right now that you're perhaps not listening to. It's an opportunity to look in the mirror and ask yourself, who am I when things get hard? What do I do when I feel stuck and it all feels so uncertain? Do you wobble, blame the economy, blame yourself, tell yourself you're not good enough, blame the whole industry for being too saturated, blame the clients you do have for not having enough budget, because all of that doubt and questioning and wobbling is causing you to lose massive amounts of energy and give off a vibe of stress and uncertainty to everyone around you. Any belief or insecurity you're holding, like, it's all just super hard, I'm not good enough, there aren't enough clients out there, nobody's spending money, the economy's terrible. All of this is causing you to step out of abundance and give your power away in a million micro moments every day that on their own wouldn't matter, but added up are causing you to really doubt yourself. And that's starting to impact on how you're showing up. In an uncertain time, the most certain thing you have is who you are. Hear me on that. I'm going to say it again. In an uncertain time, the most certain thing you have is who you are. So give yourself the space to reflect on that and then go and expand and put your magic into the world. Double down on your authenticity, your values, your personality, the way you help your clients. Do that in all the small everyday moments and the right next step, the right next opportunity will appear. We have to see, I genuinely believe that this uncertain time gets to be one of the greatest gifts you will experience because it's your chance to really anchor to your bigger purpose in doing this, the goal of what you're creating and why. And you guys have heard me talk about this inside Aligned for Growth, but it is that purpose that is going to pull you through and motivate you on those days when it all feels hard. So really connecting back to what that is and why this matters and why it's important and why you are going to stay committed, this is the time for that. The other thing that this experience is presenting you with is building a very, very deep muscle of trust. You're being presented with this situation that feels really scary and uncertain, and that's where the work lies. How can you hold your power and commitment when everything feels so uncertain? How can you be unwavering in your belief that the next client is coming? How can you stay committed even when you feel stuck and like things aren't working? That is where the work lies. Okay, let's land this plane. <laughs> let's wrap up with the three things as you asked for three things, three things I would be doing right now in this situation. So number one, I would focus on building my email list and nurturing people that way. If you have a list, then be asking, what can I say? What story can I tell that demonstrates my expertise and lets people know I am the designer for them? And now is the right time because dot, dot, dot. If you don't 
yet have a list, then do one, build one, allow this quieter time to give you the space you need to start one, get the tech in place, invite everyone in your network, personal, professional, existing clients, past clients, send them a note reminding them what you do. You know, we can get so bored and think we're being so repetitive in our marketing and we just forget that people need to be told a thousand times who we are, what we do, how we can help them. Can you imagine if um, if, if Nike got bored saying, just do it, just do it. They've been saying that for 20, 30 years, I don't know, but they keep saying it because it's that one, one sentence that encapsulates everything that they are, everything that they do and brings their audience along with them and gets them to invest in their products. So every time you think, well, I've said that before, no, remind, remind people, they either weren't listening or they need to be told again or someone new's come into your network and has never, ever heard it. And you need to be letting people know why they need to be on your list. So this isn't just about saying, hey, I'm starting a newsletter. Who wants to be on my newsletter? Nobody wants to be on your newsletter. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. They have to have a reason. And this isn't just about saying, I'm going to give you loads of tips and tricks because honestly, people can Google that stuff themselves. This is about giving them a reason why what you're sharing is going to be valuable and worth their while. So I would be thinking about how you can ensure they're going to be in the know, going behind the scenes in your business. What can you be sharing that your people are going to be interested in? giving first access to new offers or new services or special pricing that you might be running. And when you do get that email list up and running, don't email them once and move on. Be consistent. Be thinking, what is the cadence that I can commit to and do that? Okay, we, the minute that we treat our audience like we only need them and only want them when it gives us something, the minute they're going to check out because they just feel like, oh, I'm only, I'm only hearing from them because they want to sell something to me. No, this is about building a relationship with people just because it's not face-to-face -face and you're not sitting down and having a cup of coffee with them. Your email list, you are having a relationship with them and building that trust and treating them exactly as you would another human being in your life. So be really respectful of that. That doesn't mean that you cannot take a pause in the summer holidays or on Christmas Day, and we'll, we'll come on to this in the next question, but it does mean not just emailing them, you know, whenever you suddenly panic and realize that you need to find a new project. Be emailing them because you want to build that relationship, build trust and nurture them. Okay, that was a very long number one, but that is the first thing I would be doing is building an email list and investing in it. The second thing is I would be giving myself plenty of space for new ideas to land. So take long showers, have baths, get out for walks, be on your own in nature, whatever it is that you recognize and realize that's where the new ideas come from, that's when things land, make space for that. You want the universe to be able to send you those little pings of inspiration. 
you don't need to act on every single one, but keep a note. I have a note in my phone. It's called, it's called my ideas vault. And every time I get one of those little pings, I just jot it down. And I either notice that the ones that were really good are the ones that I keep thinking about, or I forget about them. And I, you know, occasionally I'll go back to that note and I'll scan down it and then think, that was a really good idea. Let me think about that a bit more. Okay. So equally, I might think of one going, God, I'm past that now. That's not what I want to do. So you don't have to act on everything. We don't want this scattered, just had this idea. I'm going to run on it. I'm going to act on it, but just allow yourself the space for those ideas and that inspiration to come. I absolutely believe that those little hits of inspiration that you get are your gifts from the universe and they are nudging you in the right direction. And are they are your opportunity to have those things in front of you that you're going to experiment on. You need to commit to trying new things in your marketing and seeing what works. And I referenced this book inside Aligned for Growth, but Mike Michalowicz, he has a book all about marketing. It's called Get Different. This is a great book for just walking you through the practical steps around trying new things, trying new marketing and doing it in a really pragmatic but structured way. Okay, I'm going to invest a small amount in this idea. I'm going to see what return I get. I'm going to consider if it's worth investing more in. What's the next idea? It's a really good and really motivating book. And Mike Michalowicz is a great, um, he's a great speaker. So you could also get it on, on audio. Okay, third thing, give yourself grace. Allow yourself the experience of feeling discomfort of feeling stuck and things being uncertain. And then notice how you are able to lead yourself out of it. What are the things that you need to do or say to yourself that shift your energy? If your mind is full, then journaling can be great. Something I like to do when what I want feels really far away is to journal from the place where I already have it. So if writing is your thing or just thinking these thoughts, make time every day to pour out the vision of where you want to be. So this might be visualizing that new client inquiry coming into your inbox, really seeing it and experiencing how that would feel, journaling on how this new project is going, how it feels to be making great money and doing work with an amazing client and creatively really lights you up. Honestly, this can feel a little crazy when you do it for the first time, but it is so powerful for shifting into the energy of the version of you who already has the thing that you want. And it has absolutely shifted me from that feeling of stuck and uncertain and can't quite see how it's all going to work out to that excitement and gratitude for, well, I already have it. And it just... It doesn't mean that that thing immediately materializes that day, but it totally shifts your energy. And now you're operating from a completely different energy from the worried, stressed out, anxious place that you were before. Okay, I'm going to leave this there. I hope this has answered your question in a really practical and also um, supportive way. I'm going to move on to the next one, which is 
about summer holidays and about how to motivate yourself in this season. So the, I'll read it out. The question is, I've been away. I'm on summer holiday. I'm arriving back in the UK. I need to balance work and kids for three weeks before they go back to school. My clients are also on holiday, so I don't expect to be working full time. What are your tips on how to motivate yourself during these slower weeks while there are more childcare commitments? And how do you properly kick off when you go back in September? Hope you're having a lovely summer. And I am. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I would say, the first thing that comes through to me on this question is I've got the kids for three weeks. My clients are also on holiday. So there's not the requirement to be working full time. So I would really be looking at honoring the season that you're in. Why do you need to motivate yourself? It may be that there are really, really important things you need to get done. And we'll come on to that. But given that it is a slower time, that your clients are away, they don't want loads of emails, they don't want to make loads of decisions, they want to enjoy summer. What would it feel like just to embrace the, the difference of this season, this slower time and this time with your kids. So that's the first thing. For me, September is a very natural new year. I don't, to be honest, I don't really know why we call January new year. <laughs> it's such a stupid time to have the new year. Everybody's cold and it's dark and you just want to hibernate. It does not feel new and fresh and exciting, whereas September has that back to school feeling. You feel the seasons shift. You can actually feel that transition in the weather and that shift, the collective shift from everybody. Holidays are over. Okay, I'm sharpening my pencil. I'm polishing my new shoes. I'm packing my new bag. I'm ready. I'm really excited and ready to work. I think that naturally happens. So in terms of and I'll, I'll expand a bit more on this, but in terms of properly kicking off in September, there's going to be a collective feeling, absolutely, that's going to come naturally at this time. However, I want to give you a fuller answer on navigating these next three weeks. So what I would be doing is blocking time for work versus time with kids and be really intentional with that really, really honor it. Set your business hours and be in integrity with that. It doesn't matter if you are only working one day a week, three afternoons a week, two hours a day, whatever your capacity and your arrangements are, just be clear with yourself about that. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm committing to and stay in that because it's very, very easy to feel that you're never doing enough. You're not doing enough with your kids and you're not giving enough to your business. So we want to be really clear on what do the kids need? What does childcare look like? And what does that mean for the business and what you're able to give to the business and stick to that? And in terms of motivating yourself, it's, it's about asking what, what's my vision? What is it that I'm building? What is it that I'm creating? That bigger picture goal. Just really connect back to that. What is the vision you've got for this business? What is it that you're creating? And then from that, be asking what needs to be my focus for the coming weeks to deliver on that vision. 
And it can simply be a case of saying, you know, I have a vision and I'm going to commit to that vision and I'm going to focus on it every day or three days a week or whatever working hours you can provide. But just giving your attention to that vision and to the things that are important to focus on, where you place your energy and attention grows. And it doesn't matter if you only get one thing done every day or even every week, if you focused on the right thing. So it's really important to be asking, what, what does the business need right now? What, what does it most need? What's the priority right now? And focus on that. And, and I really want you to feel that it is about where you are choosing to focus your attention rather than disciplining yourself and berating yourself for not being more motivated or not doing things that you feel you should be doing. We can create so many shoulds in our business. I should have got my website updated. I should have created this new service. I should be further ahead. I should, I should, I should. And that list can be endless. So we really want to to reframe it and think, what is it that I want and where am I choosing to place my energy and attention for the available time that I have? We definitely don't want to be trying to push through and work all the time when we've got other obligations and when we want to be spending time with our kids. And as I say, your audience, your clients also want different things in this season. So the things that I'm doing, I absolutely recognize that my audience want and need different things from me. They don't want loads of emails in their inbox when they're on holiday. They're not on Instagram as much. They don't want so much from me. They want it to be lighter. They want to be not thinking about work as much, but at the same time, they want to have the space in the back of their mind on holiday, just while things are a bit cooler and a bit quieter with clients to be thinking about the business. So it's more about value and potency and allowing them to reflect without drowning in content. And that works for me because my energy and my capacity also require different things. And I don't have the time to be creating content in the same way. I'm also very intentional about structuring my client delivery differently. For me, summer holidays, having enough time to be with my kids while they're still young, that is a non-negotiable. So that doesn't mean I'm with them all hours every day. I arrange clubs and childcare when I know I want to be working, but it does mean that I'm intentional about shifting things in my business during this time. So I always start by asking what does the business most need and what's the priority right now? So for me over the summer right now, I've got three big priorities. The first is a new program. I'm preparing to launch a new program in the autumn. So I have intentionally booked no new private clients until September. So that creates a lot of space. And I'm using that space to think and write and prepare for this. The second priority 
is I've got existing client deliverables. I have a line for growth calls and deliverables, looking after clients who are currently inside the program. And you guys here inside execute, keeping to our deadlines on podcast production. There are certain things my team need from me and checking in with them. So just keeping up with deliverables and making sure that I'm keeping the standard I want for my clients, whilst at the same time being really intentional about not overfilling my schedule. So not taking on more high proximity work until my kids are back at school. And then my third thing, and this is an ongoing focus for me, and it absolutely should be for you guys as well, is lead generation and sales. That should always, always be the focus. But there is a lot that isn't happening. So email marketing, as I say, I'm not writing long emails. My clients probably don't want to receive them while they're on holiday and thinking about other things. I'm not doing one-to-one client coaching calls. There is a real dialing back on content creation. So it's about being really mindful of where you're at, where your clients are at, and embracing the, the difference of this season and enjoying it. Just allowing yourself to have fun this summer and enjoy the time with your kids. So just to wrap this up, this season gets to be slower and more enjoyable. So I really want you to be asking if you allowed yourself to do the things you really wanted to do right now, that would look like what? Thinking that September is a natural new year. So what small shifts can you make that create that feeling of freshness and newness? So new stationery, new clothes, clean your desk. I love having different candles on my desk for different seasons. The design shows are coming up. Get things booked. If you're going to focus, if you're going to Decorex, come and see me at Decorex. But all of this stuff, preparing for the new season, that can really, really help to kick off September and be asking, what does the business need most right now? Do that. This isn't about None of us have businesses right now that are at the point of signing off first week of July and coming back in September, I don't think. We are all in the place where we absolutely can say to clients, I'm away for two weeks, three weeks, whatever. This is what's going to happen while I'm away. But we are also in the, the place of balancing things and we all have obligations outside of business, whether that's childcare, looking after parents, whether it's traveling, we all have things that are happening. So we really want to be focused on what the business needs right now and doing that, making those things our rocks and eliminating all of the gravel and the sand. If you're still remembering the analogy I gave you in Align for Growth, because you want to enjoy more time not working. This time should be about slowing down, enjoying family. September is going to come around so fast. Your kids are going to be back at school and you're going to miss them. So just enjoy the season for, for what it is. Okay. I, I hope I've answered your questions. I've really enjoyed putting this episode together for you. I just want you to remember, I am here to support you as you are executing and making the moves in your business. 
every time you receive an email inviting you to submit your questions and feel free to submit more than one. But if there are too many for me to get to in one episode, I may group themes, create topics. And if you don't have a question, but there is just something you would like me to speak on, then submit that. Bottom line, use the support that you are paying for. Make your submissions, have me support you, be supported, get the answers you need to stay in motion. And I absolutely love hearing your feedback. When you guys send me DMs on Instagram, letting me know what landed, I love it. And it really helps me to know what you're taking away from this experience. So keep that up. I love and covet your feedback. And I will see you on the next episode. Enjoy.